This is Cultivate a Good Life, episode 143, Letting Go of What People Think with Lisa Funk. I'm Becky Higgins, and with me is my friend and co-host, Becky Proudfit. Hi there. <laughs> Hi. Can I tell you something? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I just, I, I decided for some reason today to not wear stretchy pants, which is kind of silly. Mm. Like if you're going to sit down and record, yeah. you're going to be comfortable. The end. Like that's just how I do. Yeah. Today I decided to wear really cute jeans that have look 17 buttons. Mm-hmm. I, they are all unbuttoned now. <laughs> It's fine. I just, I just needed everyone to know that like, dude, Do you know what? we're no spring chickens anymore <laughs> no, and the bladders not. are not what they once were. And so the pressing of the buttons on the bladders is not it's my favorite feeling. Not comfortable. I no. just, I just wanted everyone else to feel a little better about whatever they're wearing. So stretchy pants from now on, don't ever let me record without wearing something extremely loose. Yeah. Okay. I agree. All right. Help me out with that. Okay. Tell me a little about Lisa. Okay. You guys, so, you know, I came into this whole Becky Higgins documenting world a little late to the game, probably. No, there's no lateness. It was the perfect timing. You showed up. I like that thought. At the right time. I'm going to choose that In the right way. Keep going. And very early on, I met Lisa Funk, who Mm -hmm. is just the most welcoming, warm, delightful, powerhouse human beings and just instantly loved her. But the more that I got to know about her and her life and her business, I fell in love with her even more. Yep. So she is a hand lettering kind of expert and she started like her grassroots were in this hand lettering kind of just passion hobby, which then she's brilliant and turned into an incredible business. What's most impressive to me about Lisa though, is then she took, and she's very open and honest, as you'll see in the episode, she took her journey with mental health and incorporated it into this passion, amazing business that she has. And she has incorporated mental health and mindfulness into the practice of hand lettering, Mm -hmm. which I just think it's so cool when you kind of marry all the pieces of yourself in your life and bring that to your business. And she's a phenomenal businesswoman Mm -hmm. and- I love her products and even more, I just adore her as a human being. Well, and anyone who knows that hand lettering was at the root and the base of my career as well knows that that connection with Lisa through lettering, like so special, but to your point, the fact that she took that and made that a part of the work that she does, that's not, not anything I ever touched or am touching or will touch with regards to lettering. But when I understood more of what she was doing, I was like, that's why I've loved it so much. That's why I continue to doodle. That's why I still love to do that. Like with in my own free time, not related to business. And so there's an art to that and there's a science to that. And she's figured out how to present it and package it. And isn't it great when people bring their whole selves to their business, which is why her business is so successful is Mm -hmm. because you get all of Lisa. Yep. Every bit. Way better than just a product Mm -hmm. for sure. I love that so much. You guys are going to love Lisa too. Let me read a quick review for you. Um, This one is actually a review that someone posted on Instagram. Like she did a whole post about our podcast. So this is like, she took it to the, you know, to the next level of just, um, instead of just leaving an iTunes review. So sweet. Um, it's Snoopy KK 16. She says, I have to give a huge shout out and thank you to these beautiful ladies, Becky Higgins and Becky Proudfit. Their podcast cultivate a good life has easily become my favorite podcast every week. Both women are sharing very inspired words and stories all in a way to help you cultivate a good life. Even 
Even when I don't think an episode applies to me, I always find some nugget of wisdom or inspiration in every single episode. As I have had to start navigating through various trials, the words of these ladies and their guests have most definitely become a guide and comfort to me. Thanks for being true to yourselves and inspiring others to cultivate a good life. If anyone is looking for a good and uplifting podcast to listen to, I highly recommend Cultivate a Good Life. These women are amazing, are an amazing duo and have a fabulous dynamic. They are sure to help you have a better day. You know, if that's the only thing that people get out of the show is having a little bit of a better day, I'm I in. love it. I'm here for it. <laughs> I am too. Thank you so much, Snoopy KK16. You're such a sweetheart. And I am going to DM you and hook you up with a free seat in Documenting 101, the mini <gasps> course that will teach you. Lucky girl. All the things. Don't you guys can. just love the surprises of what of surprise. what you might get when you leave a review? It's mm. always a surprise to us what comes out of our mouth. So <laughs> you just never know. You never know. I love it so much. Thank you for your reviews and your messages and your comments and sharing the podcast. We love it and we love you guys. All right, let's hear a quick word from this week's sponsor. We want to tell you about something that costs you seriously zero dollars, not even a penny. And there's no catch to this, guys. No tricks up our sleeve. We want you to know about an online mini course that is 100% This mini course is all about an approach to documenting that will help you to literally be the author of your own story. But that feels so overwhelming, you might say. Or maybe you don't feel like you have interesting stories to tell. Or you don't feel like a good writer. Or you for sure can't fit another project into your life right now. We hear you. We feel you. Every concern you have, every roadblock you face, you are not alone. You know BH has your back in breaking it all down, right? You have learned to trust her guidance in documenting, and this mini course is no exception. In fact, the reason it's free is because of how strongly she feels about making it accessible to everyone, no matter your stage of life or circumstances. I call this specific approach to documenting my modern story, and I can't wait to have you join me. Be prepared to be inspired and even delightfully surprised about not only how doable this is, but how enriching it can be for your whole life. Grab your free seat at classroom.beckyhiggins.com today. It is so much fun when we have another podcaster in the house. Oh, Mm. right. There's something magic about podcasters just sitting around podcasting. I know. And that's not a thing that would have been a thing 10 years ago. No. So it's unique and special. It's so fun. I love it. Especially when you feel that unified like heart connection, soul sister, like Mm -hmm. not just in podcasting, but like, and that's how we feel with all of our guests. Like they're like our hearts are knit together in all these different ways. But yes, podcasting is another element that you're like, oh, you get it, girl. Mm -hmm. You understand, right? There's a certain energy in the room when the podcasters are all together. Yes. So today we have Lisa Funk. We're so excited. Mm-hmm. Becky didn't want me to say we're so excited. <laughs> Raise your hand if you think Becky Just says too much. Popped out of my so mouth. Excited. <laughs> and we are. We're genuinely excited now, every time. <laughs> I want what? Okay, I'm gonna see if you can predict. Okay, Lisa might be able to. I don't think you will. Okay. What song is going through my head? About I'm so excited. I'm so excited. But spe- yes, oh. you're correct. Oh. Which I know what I'm you're surprised. talking about. Go ahead, Lisa. Oh, tell I her. Don't. What is it? Say with the bell, Jesse Spano. Thank what? you. I'm sorry. What? 
What language are we speaking? <laughs> Lisa, I'm so glad you're here because what? she really doesn't know. Jesse Spano. You don't even know what that is, do you? I, what is, who is Jesse Spano? Do you know what Say by the Bell is? The show. Yes, absolutely. Zach? Just, okay, Jesse Spano is the one with the curly oh, redhead. Oh, And she had a, had a moment. She's an overachiever. Okay. Where she took caffeine pills to study for an exam. Oh, I kind of think I remember that. And what the episode is, uh-huh. she's dancing in her room. I'm so excited. <laughs> and then she goes, I'm so, I'm so scared. Wait. How did you know that Becky was actually thinking about that? Because it's actually a very popular pop culture moment. But it is not very. But your just sweet spirit really resists that. <laughs> not socially relevant, Lisa. Anyway, I don't know if you've heard that. I'm not like, socially relevant. We digress. Okay, okay yeah. So Lisa has her own wonderful podcast called "Committed to Create." Yes. Okay, I want to hear out of your mouth. Yeah. Tell us all about. Tell you. us about the podcast mm. and also anything related to the work that you're doing and who you are. Yeah, so I have had my business, Hand Letter Design, for six years, I think, mm-hmm. and just started the podcast like a, not even a year ago, so yeah. that's kind of newish yeah. for me, and super fun. Um, and a lot of work, let's be honest. A lot of work, mm-hmm. but not as much work as you guys. I just do solo episodes, so it's a little bit easier, but I love the I don't interviews. know that it's easier. It might be a little more simplified, simplified to not the involve process. the extra sure. you know, work that goes planning. with mm-hmm. planning and coordinating with guests, but it is no no doubt in my mind that there's a lot of work that goes yeah. into the I, yeah. I And I enjoy it so much. Yes, so. Mm-hmm. yes. and so that so feels like not less as, Yeah, intense. not as much work feel of it I yeah. guess yeah um and yeah so I what's your podcast about it's about creativity and mindfulness kind of the intersection of both so my kind of experience as far as starting my business I never ever ever planned on starting a business you if you would have told me that <laughs> yep. this was going to be my life mm-hmm. well my like teenager self would be like so thrilled because I always loved handwriting yeah <laughs> you know totally. but I would have been like what I just never even dreamt of it, you know? So I have always struggled with my mental health, depression, anxiety since high school, early on. And um, it's been the biggest struggle of my life, for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, I've had other difficult things happen, but personally. And um, And if I, I, sorry to interrupt, but I think if I remember correctly, it was the first episode of your podcast that really outlined what that story, how that story unfolds and and where that came together from your personal journey and the work that you do. Am I remembering that right? It's called How Lettering Changed My Life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There you go. So Mm -hmm. yeah. And I do, I go into a lot of detail about it, but I just had my third baby. I just never felt like I, I had gotten married, you know, in my late twenties, didn't start having my babies until my thirties. And so I was just so, I had been so excited that whole time. And I just thought, all I need is just to be a mom. That's all I want. I don't care about anything else. I don't need any hobbies you know? Mm -hmm. And then I had, you know, three kids under four and four and under. And I was just like, this is intense and postpartum Mm -hmm. and hormones and, you know, my brother had passed away. There were all kinds of things that had happened. And I felt like, oh, you know what? I haven't taken any time for myself. Yeah. Three kids in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and time. What's and time when you're I having think three it's kids? Time. Yeah. You know, and so that kind of was the impetus for like, you know what? This doesn't make sense on paper, like three months after I've had my third oh, baby. Totally. But I was drowning and mm-hmm. I just needed something 
to um, something to focus on. Mm-hmm. I needed something fun. I needed an escape, a creative outlet. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't like set out to create a huge business. I just thought I would make some signs for a local pop-up shop, a three-day pop-up shop. And um, it was just so satisfying. I didn't even care if I made any money. I just wanted to like take some time to create something for myself. And that just opened the doors for so many things. And I started noticing that I was feeling so much better. And, and and that's not to say I've never struggled with my mental health since, Mm -hmm. but creativity and prioritizing it has become a lifeline for me that I have never let go of no matter how hard things have gotten or how good things have gotten. It's something that I like really enjoy doing when I'm feeling great. And if I'm struggling, it's something I really hold on to. And lettering in particular is so powerful for me because of the words, because Mm. of the mindset. And it is a really mindful practice for me because it's not just, you know, focusing on doing something with your hands and getting out of your head, which is so powerful too, but it's really, um, those words and how they change me. And Mm -hmm. I didn't even realize that that was happening at first. All I knew is that when I was struggling with something, I would try to find a quote or, you know, a Bible verse or a line from a hymn or, or just something I heard on, you know, a audio book or something someone said in conversation. I started kind of keeping those and I would pull what I needed to hear. And then I would letter it and I was writing it over and over again and realizing, Oh my gosh, that is what was helping me as much as the creativity and the holding the right. pen and, you know, having fun. It was really like, no, I'm starting to believe these things as I you write them and rewrite them. So, well, you yeah. know that there's a really strong connection um, that we share with you with words. Yes. Like, you know, that we yes. both hang on to words and you know that you and I have a special connection yes. on lettering specifically. I want to mention that um, this this episode, if you're like, lettering's not for me, it's not the, this no, is not an no, episode no, no. about lettering specifically, and you'll see that as we talk through this, because the principles yeah. are what's most important. But I want to just relate one thing to you, is I have found, um, you mentioned like Bible verses and things like that, mm-hmm. I have found myself having a profoundly more meaningful experience with my own scripture study in the past year and a half, because of, it sounds so silly and simple, but if anyone understands, you understand, you are going to connect with me on this, but having a set of scriptures with wide margins where there's space right there to extract words and phrases and creatively present them or jot notes or annotate, or in my case, because we connect on creative lettering, like I can't believe it's almost shocking to me that that actually matters, Mm. but it does. Like that's what words are so important to me and words are important to you, Becky, but in a very different way. Mm -hmm. Like for you, your gift in that is that articulation, that like the way that you can pull words together and formulate thoughts and the writing. But it's writing, writing. it's still writing. And I look at you guys, I look at, um, and, and I, I have, you know, I, I love your, your mindful Mm -hmm. hand lettering journals and I struggle. It's like hard for me. It really is hard for me to do. It's a practice. And I look at the talent of artists like you guys who like this is so just a part of your your talents. It's amazing. Well, part it's of incredible. how we navigate through life too, mm-hmm. you know. Um, it's something that we're drawn to maybe mm-hmm. more naturally than other people. But I think that, 
you're using creativity and words yes. and that that's powerful, you know, however yeah. you're doing it. And I think creativity without words is super powerful too. It's a great mindful practice, Agree. you know, when you're baking or when you're painting or anything that you can do where you're more present. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned baking and two friends come to mind, um, Carrie and Dorley, two of my dearest oh, yeah. friends who they both like, oh, and my mom for that matter, just in the kitchen and I look at that in fact Becky in the kitchen is has me in awe like just that I love that cooking. creativity that cooking that baking that creating like we are all creators true or false totally totally right? 100%. we are all creators and what that looks like for different people is going to be profoundly different but for you to find your thing for Lisa it is lettering you know for Becky it words are her paintbrush for Dorley, it is making those cakes, right? Like whatever that is, like finding that, identifying with that. And I know that as we talk and as Lisa, you share some things, I want you guys to think about how those principles apply to whatever your thing is mm. or whatever the thing is that you will seek out to do. I wanted to highlight something you said kind of earlier as you were describing like that feeling of just yearning to be a mother, yearning to create a family, which I think is also one of those creation kind of things. Totally. And, and I wanted to highlight it because I think a lot of women can probably relate to that yearning to be a mother, to create a family kind of above all else. And then the shock that when you do that, when, when that is the situation that presents itself in your life and you're able to kind of fulfill that, understanding like, whoa, I don't feel the way that I thought I was going to feel. Mm. Like I thought motherhood was the finish line. Mm-hmm. I thought like when I did that, you wouldn't that, need anything else. I wouldn't need anything else. And then just getting to that place and feeling like I still don't feel the way I think I should. In terms of like fulfillment. In terms of fulfillment. Mm-hmm. And the question is, is like, what are, you know, what was I perceiving that motherhood would bring me? And yeah. as I've kind of dug, you know, digging the layers is my favorite. Yes, it and is. so as I <laughs> dug to the bottom of that layer, it was, I really perceived that by being a mother that it would make me feel differently about who I was, Mm. that I felt like it would somehow transform me into someone that I could love and respect and admire. And that's not what happens. Mm. And so you find yourself in this disconnect of like, wait a minute, this actually didn't transform me. I'm still me and now I have kids. And if you don't realize that, the hard part is then you have all these expectations for you know, your children and their role in your life and fulfilling you. And it becomes very convoluted. But I think it's something most moms probably experience. I think so too. Is when they have the kids and then they realize, wait a minute, I'm still the same person. And also I'm more stressed. now. I have kids and I'm more stressed And also I'm not sleeping. (laughs) Right. And I think there are seasons. And have mastitis. Yeah. (laughs) Whatever. I think there are seasons of it. And I think a lot of moms will say, you know what? I am really fulfilled by motherhood right now. Absolutely. That oh, is absolutely. a beautiful thing and oh, should please. be relished. And if that mm-hmm. is yes. you, like, if you're like, is there something wrong with me that I don't need a little creative outlet? Like, mm-hmm. no, no, you do you. If it's working yes. for you. But that probably means you went into your motherhood in a very healthy place with an understanding of who you are. Yeah. And then there might be seasons, maybe when your kids get a little bit older and they're off at school and you have more time or something you might say, you know, there could be other seasons where you find yourself just kind of longing for something fun to look forward to, or something that you might want to do with a friend or just a, a creative little outlet that's just for you. you well, know? let's go there for a minute because I feel like that is in the work that you've done. I feel like that's really a profound observation that you've had working with other women and combining the the experience that you've had. So maybe share with us what you've observed about women 
um, whether motherhood is connected to that or not, and how this kind of plays into their ability to have a creative outlet or choose that or not, or what it means for them. Yeah, I think that women in general, mothers or not, are really pouring into other people all day long. Mm-hmm. And feeling like that is the right thing to do, that's the respectable, noble, noble thing yeah. to or do. Or even the pragmatic thing to do. Mm. It's like, praised. Yeah. Mm. You know, we kind of praise this, oh my gosh, and she just put herself last and she just... The wor- selflessness. Yeah, mm-hmm. she worked herself to the bone. And let me tell you, what that looks like for me is like depressed and anxious. Mm-hmm. And I think for most I'm people not it serving, does. And I'm not serving anyone. My family is not benefited from that. Mm-hmm. And so my examples, because of, you know, the extra difficulties of like a severe depression or anxiety, I could see it really clearly. But I think that for most of us, it does happen to small extents. And it may not be a creative outlet. It may just be believing that your needs matter mm-hmm. and that it's okay for me to be a person who has needs, who deserves to go to the bathroom by herself mm-hmm. yes, and sit down and finish dinner before I get up to get a million other things. Mm-hmm. And also that what am I wanting to teach my children? I am, we are all in on our kids' creativity. Mm-hmm. We are all in on their extracurriculars. We sacrifice our time, our energy, everything for them, right? And that's what's kind of glorified But it's like, okay, we're telling you, do all these things, learn, progress, grow until you reach age 25, at which point you don't get to take any more classes, learn any more Mm -hmm. things, have any more creativity. Like what? What are we teaching them? Or if you have extra time, like it's something that comes with the extra Mm -hmm. time, right? Yeah, extra time. Or maybe that extra time should be spent on your kids. And, And for some people, if that feels right to you, that's wonderful. But I think it's okay to say, you know what? Am I even looking at what my needs, wants, desires are? And that beyond my needs of like, I a shower shouldn't be like a vacation for a mom or like right. her self-care. That mm-hmm. should be something she gets to do whenever she right. needs to. And of course <laughs> she needs to bathe herself. Of course it's hard <laughs> when you right. have like yes. tiny babies of and all course. these things. But once it can, you can make it happen, it's like, can we look at ourselves and say, am I having fun. Am I doing things like, yeah, I might be making ends meet and I'm, you know, managing to keep the kids fed and alive, but am I having fun? And a lot of what I talk about with creativity is things are things that you can do with your kids. Mm -hmm. So it's just taking a step back and saying, you know, do I have something that I look forward to? Do I have something that I'm creating? Because I do believe that we are born, that we were created to create. I want to also, that reminds me of our conversation with Brooke Romney. Um, We'll link to that in the show notes because she was speaking to that specifically what you just said. She kind of expanded on it. You guys should go back and listen to that because it talks about within motherhood, how to be sure that you really are doing something that you genuinely love Mm. and and love doing and make that the priority inside of your mother. Right. Well, it it goes back to that larger thing of like showing up as yourself as a mother. And I think sometimes Mm. the things we really crave and love about these outlets is that it makes us feel more like ourselves. Like Mm -hmm. we have somehow are reclaiming um, that piece of us that we surrender with that narrative, which can I just shout from the rooftops? Like selflessness is not like righteousness. Selflessness is not um, surrendering of self. I, I don't think was ever God's plan for us. I think being able to bring ourselves 
into our service. Because let me tell you, if you don't bring your whole wonderful self to your service with a joyful and willing heart, guess what happens? What happens? Service becomes a buffering behavior like anything else. Mm. It becomes something that actually is a selfish endeavor because you need to feel the worth because of your service. And just like overeating or drugs or pornography or any of these buffering behaviors, we can absolutely get ourselves in a situation where service is our buffering behavior. And that is not good for your family. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that sometimes we can, you know, over identify with that. And I am like a natural people pleaser. That's like my natural tendency that I've had to kind of work on over the years. And so it's really natural to feel like that is the right thing to do. And you identify so much with it that if, you know, people aren't grateful or, you know, things don't turn out the way they're supposed to, or it stops bringing that for you, then you kind of feel lost. Lost and empty probably. Mm -hmm. And that's another observation that you've mentioned that you have seen is with, with women that you teach, that you work with, you speak to is that, that almost a too much of an awareness of what other people think mm. of what they're doing or a sensitivity to that or over identifying with expectations that others might have. Maybe you can speak to that a little bit because I do believe that it's something that most of us, not everyone, but most of us probably identify with that at some level or in some season. What's been your experience? For sure. I think that no matter what you're doing, it might be the way that you're parenting, the way that you choose to mother. And that could include some hobbies that you do or how you spend your time. And so a lot of people that maybe they're chasing a little dream or maybe they're deciding to pick up an like an acting class or who knows or whatever. a paintbrush or, or a go paintbrush. back to school to or go back to school finish a maybe degree. Or, yeah writing or speaking or like it literally doesn't have to it look could like be anything, anything but, mm-hmm. and yeah. they just are so concerned about what other people think mm-hmm. and whether or not they will approve. And I experienced this when I started my business. I just always assumed that I would stay home full-time, not work. And that is an amazing choice as well. There are, by the way, I'm going to preface this with, there are no better choices. There you go. Thank you. There are no right or wrong choices. Mm -hmm. It is not better to work. It is not better to not work. You get to pick whatever it is and it doesn't have to be working. It could be hobbies or how you spend your time. Mm-hmm. And I, Amen. because I had that expectation for myself, mm-hmm. honestly, and from how I, you know, I grew up with most of my friends' moms didn't ever work. And mm-hmm. I just kind of had this idea that I wouldn't either. Like good moms don't work or good moms yeah, and I don't are know that I, by, Yeah, I don't yes. know that I ever like... Mm-hmm. really defined, defined it like that, that for yeah. myself. But I think that I thought, well, if I really loved motherhood, mm. I wouldn't need anything else. Or if I, maybe if I were yeah. a good mom, I wouldn't need an outlet. I'm just saying you just struck a chord with somebody listening. Oh, I know totally. it. Like I know it. Because I'll, that. I will mm-hmm. wear that with honor. Mm-hmm. Like I absolutely, mm-hmm. in my darkest thoughts about motherhood in the times when I felt truly just lost I thought what is wrong with me what is wrong this is chosen this is what I wanted right and I love it and I love it and equal parts felt this hole yeah Mm -hmm. and you feel guilty because you know some people 
can't be, you know, can't bear children or mm-hmm. don't have kids. And for a long time, I really wanted to be a mother. And so that was a huge part of it for me was like, this was all I wanted. Absolutely. And I do love it. I loved it. Mm-hmm. There, there wasn't a matter of like, oh, I actually turned out, I don't like it. Turns you know? out this isn't for me. <laughs> turns out I don't want, no, right. I still loved it. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't taking care of myself. And That's I it. found that creativity was a really meaningful piece of self-care for me. And I, the more that I embraced that, the more whole I felt. Let's reflect back to the moment that you made a decision to position yourself by just trying it out, thinking that you're going to do it for a pop-up shop, a three-day pop-up mm-hmm, shop. Mm-hmm. That example is a, that is all it takes, guys is a small experience with positioning yourself to do something that you feel like this will be good for me. I don't know how. Yes. I don't for sure you weren't thinking about a business, a no. full blown business no. or, you know, a podcast or anything of the like or published books right. or any of that. And yet you put yourself in that position to see what would happen and look what happened. Yeah. And I think that is worth pointing out because I want our listeners to think about the small thing that they can do Mm -hmm. to position themselves for possibility. Yeah. And I would say like the goal isn't okay. So, you know, try something because then one day you might have a business that you run, right? It's my, my greatest treasure from all of this is the meaningful, mindful creativity that I've embraced and that has benefited myself and my mental health. And so even if I had never done the business, I would have still had that, you know, daily creativity practice is, and that is what has really filled me up. I mean, I love parts of the business too, but, but the most meaningful part that is totally available to each and every person listening is to find something that fills you up and that makes Mm -hmm. you excited to get up in the morning and, mm-hmm. and try something new, mm-hmm. even if you're not good at it and embracing it just for the experience of it. So what about the woman who says, but Lisa, I'm not even sure I know what my thing is. How do I figure oh, out my thing? That is the question. And I will say in a lot, you know, I was asking Lisa. Okay. <laughs> I want to hear what Becky has to say too. No, I'm just saying, I want to like no, reiterate I wanna, and, I and emphasize you. what you're saying, because even in with clients and in coaching, that is something. And I feel like there's a lot of vernacular out there right now about purpose, about authenticity, about vulnerability, knowing your why. And I think women are also kind of in this funny place right now where we have a lot of information. We have a visual of seeing women do different things and live motherhood in a variety of different ways. And I sort of feel like there's been this shift where people are trying to find this magic formula of like, what is my thing? What Mm. is my purpose? And it's tricky. It's very tricky. It is tricky. And that's why I wanted to bring it up. I know. I want to hear what Lisa has to say. And I love what you added, but I think it's worth talking about because I know that we have listeners who will relate to that. I think it's really important to talk about and not because we have all the answers, but I think that there are some insights worth bringing up that will help guide people in, in that space of wanting to figure some things out for Mm -hmm. themselves Mm -hmm. without knowing where to go. Sure. I, I mean, I would say I wouldn't necessarily be on the hunt for my thing. I wouldn't necessarily be looking for a thing. I think the purpose is to find those moments. Like, you know, everyone talks right now about meditation and mindfulness, and it can be difficult for a lot of us to sit down in a quiet place and meditate. I am a big fan, but it's not always super doable and it can be kind of hard to get going with, but bringing, but sorry, 
but bringing mindfulness into what we're already doing is so powerful and just finding small things. So if you say, you know what, I actually do think I'd enjoy having a little hobby or something to do at night while I'm watching my show, whatever. Don't feel like I am on the hunt for my one thing. And if this isn't it, my oh purpose. gosh. Yeah. yeah. I'm so glad you like said Like everything is falling apart and I, I don't think I'm worth anything because I don't have a thing. Like, no, right. no, 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 no. You are amazing right now. You don't need anything else. This is not like, okay, everybody check off this box of what is your creative what outlet. What is your purpose? No, yeah. this is like, hey, you know what? I think this would be really fun to add something to my life. And as far as you know, what should I try? If you feel drawn to something, give it a shot. If you Mm -hmm. see someone doing embroidery on Instagram and you're like, that's so pretty, go order some supplies or grab some at the store and think about what you loved when you were a teenager and what you were, when you were a kid, what are the things that you're drawn to that you think, I wonder what it'd be like to take a poetry class or, Mm -hmm. you know, to try writing like, you know, All what, of those things. What you're talking about is curiosity. Yeah, that's totally. really what you're talking about, and I love that. I'm smiling ear to ear right now because I'm thinking of like all these women that I follow on Instagram mm-hmm. that do that for me. I get curious about it. I'm not doing it. I don't actually want to bake a cake right now. I don't actually want to take paint to a canvas in this season at sure. this moment. But it makes me happy for them, and I get curious about my own creativity. Mm-hmm. I am very creative in my work on a day to day basis, but it's so tied to my work that it keeps me in check. What am I doing outside of my work that I love very much? What am I doing outside of my work that is that is filling my bucket? And I don't mean creatively in a um, in a visually expressed way yeah, necessarily, sure. but how I'm showing up in my life? How am I how am I existing? What am I doing with my time? How am I parenting? What do my relationships look like? How do I express myself to people? How do I serve? These are all versions of expression and creativity and things like that. And I love that you're emphasizing curiosity because that is sometimes the seed that it takes to get started Mm -hmm. and it isn't about finding the thing. And I'm so glad that you said that. I wasn't fishing for it, but like you nailed it on the head (laughs) in my opinion. Yeah. And the other thing is like, it can seem daunting sometimes to add something else into your life, but just take a look at what you are already doing. What are Mm -hmm. the things that you're already doing in your day? Are you already making dinner? You know, you might love making dinner. You might hate making dinner. But what could be more fun? How could I make this more fun? How could I be more creative? Mm. Or Mm -hmm. I want to do this thing with my kids. How could I make this more fun for me? You know, like if I'm going to take my kids on an outing, I can think about what they might like best and go to the trampoline park or something. There's nothing wrong with that. Or I might be like, you know what? I actually love going to art museums and I'm going to take my kids to the art museum and they're Mm -hmm. going to love it or hate it. But that's something that I can do with them that's filling my bucket, teaching them. And it doesn't have to necessarily take any more time. And it's also incorporating the mindfulness piece. So if you realize, you know, I'm already cooking dinner, like I'm going to take that time. I'm not going to be thinking about what I need to do tomorrow. I'm not going to be stressed about yesterday. I'm going to focus on my five senses and be present in that moment Mm -hmm. and just like the repetition of peeling the potatoes or chopping the Mm -hmm. carrots or it's just kind of like being in that moment and allowing your brain to take a break from everything. Being present in it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so it's the things that you're already doing. You don't necessarily need to add other things in at first. Well, I think it's less about the thing and I think it's more about what that thing makes you feel Mm -hmm. right and it doesn't have to be the same thing like this week in fact talking about cooking 
I have a lot of things that I love and I've been very curious for a long time. And this week I just did exactly what you said. I just wanted to cook dinner. Like I just wanted to cook. And so I did. And it made me feel more like myself. It made me feel mm. centered. It gave me that moment of being fully present, which is something I think any mother can completely relate with. Being present is tough. It is. Because we can be so productive when we're thinking ahead and planning ahead and curating and all these things, right? But yeah, I had to take that step back and just be like, I'm just going to do this. Like all the things happening today, I'm just going to, I'm just going to cook. Yep. Yeah. And, and it's, you did. Yeah. I and sure it's did. not something that I, I would ever aim to be able to do all day, every day. It's not, that's not the goal. And so I would encourage someone to just choose one time a day, like cooking dinner, or even just every time you wash your hands, you know, something mm-hmm. that you're going to do mindfully, where you're going to let your brain take a break, and you're going to focus on, you know, the sensations and your feet, you know, how it feels and breathing in and just being present for that moment, it can have such an incredible effect, even for just a few minutes at a time. And so I encourage people if they want to try, you know, mindful creativity or whatever, just take time, even while your kids are scribbling or doing their homework and grab a piece of paper and a pencil and just doodle, like just let your brain kind of relax. And it's just a moment for you to just let things go. Right. Mm -hmm. And some people do this with adult coloring books Mm -hmm. or all kinds of other things that are portable and affordable. And this isn't some, you know, aspirational thing that maybe one day, no, this is like in your life with what you're already doing, just Mm -hmm. allowing yourself to be present, be creative and have fun. I love that you brought up doodling because it actually makes me reflect on several times in kind of the stress of life of family and work and balancing things out and all that. I remember several times pen in my hand, notebook on my table and meetings. And I would just go back to what I did as a kid and Mm -hmm. I would doodle. And so next time you see somebody doodling in a meeting or in the classroom, like it's really, there's actually something to that that is so therapeutic for that individual. I want you to think yes. differently about it. There's Be- a TED talk all about this. Actually. Is there really? Yeah. Lisa, can yeah. we link to that yeah. in the yeah. show we'll notes? Link to it. Okay. So you guys, as a reminder, show notes are right there in the podcast description right there, um, especially iTunes. Most of you are listening through the iTunes mm-hmm. podcast app and right there, three dots, like description, whatever. That's where the show notes are. And we'll get that TED talk and yeah. link to it. For sure. Um, so can we also go back to the the concern that some people, I don't mm. think women want to feel insecure about what other people think of them, mm. but it is the reality. And that's what you were saying. You have really seen that in your work and working with women. How do you help someone get past that worry of what other people think? Because it's too simple for us to say, guys, who cares what other people think? Yes. And we sitting here have all experienced everybody Many every times human. Yes. feeling concern of what other people think yeah what do we say to that yeah so i have a few things that i kind of turn to that help me on a regular basis and just knowing first of all it's normal so normal <laughs> we want to mm-hmm. say like oh i don't care what anybody thinks or i can't believe i care what other people think like no that's normal it's like a tribal instinctual feeling to want to be accepted by the tribe there you go and so now we don't need to be we're not going to get killed if we aren't accepted by the tribe you know we you're not going to be voted off the island right right so (laughs) we can make choices and not have people love them so one thing that i talk about is that everyone i it's so common to say it's not about you it's about them Mm -hmm. 
but illustrating that with you know an example of if you were to walk into a room of strangers and none of them had ever met you before and you talked in a group same exact conversation with several people listening all of those people are going to leave and have a different thing to say about you truth mm-hmm, mm-hmm. truth absolutely one person and i'm not talking about you guys but one person might say oh she talked too long one person might say oh my gosh i loved the way she told that story somebody else might say she's so full of herself and someone else might say i love how open and vulnerable she is right so what's true right Mm -hmm. (laughs) which one of them is right none of them and all of them and it doesn't matter because it's their truth it's what they are filtering through right and so when we say it's about them we really mean it And we get to decide what our truth is for us. And we get to decide how we want to show up. Because if you are going to try to please all 10 people, which I have a big history of wanting to please everyone. (laughs) We've all experienced it. Then you're trying to be a chameleon and change all the time and please every single person. And it's exhausting. And it probably doesn't work it's and unhealthy. it doesn't work i know and it doesn't I feel, work i'm the same way well, it, has, like it I, has you spiraling does yes. it not totally because you're so worried and we just have to realize that what they're saying can never be the truth about us because someone else will see it differently someone mm-hmm. else will experience us di- us differently and that doesn't mean that we don't care about people's feelings like let's just right. put that out there of course we love and care about people but we can't live our lives just worrying about what all these people think because it is their own lens and it always mm-hmm. will be. A thought that I like to have in the back of my head too when encountering, we'll say, opposition or excessive input into my life and my choices and, and my motherhood, which that is the most tender place in my heart. So that is the place I have naturally the most insecurity mm-hmm. um, is that if you're out there really having ownership over yourself and you do curate and begin to really and truly feel that confidence of knowing and loving who you are, which again, it's not like a beginning and finish line. Like it's a total process and ebbs and flows. People may be triggered by that because they may have that thought of, well, how dare you? I'm miserable in my life or I'm miserable in my motherhood. So in order to like make that okay for me, I'm going to have to come at you. Because how, how dare you have the audacity to like do what I wish I could do yeah. mm-hmm. and we do that feel the way that I could feel right. Like when we feel uncomfortable with what someone's doing, it's our lens. It's that going back to that lens, yep. like it's us yep. and it's on us to figure out like, why is that making me uncomfortable? Why do I feel like judging her? about Mm -hmm. that you know so yeah I really love that point when I um, speak about social media and I speak mostly to women about it when that topic kind of chases me and I and like in that mode of sharing some thoughts that is one of the things that I bring up when it comes to comparison because that question Mm -hmm. always comes up how do I stop comparing myself on social media let alone real life right and one of those things one of those things that we understand about it is you have to be in touch enough with your own thoughts like when you are being triggered by someone else's choices, appearances, their successes, successes, their marriage, their family life, their, what they're doing work or not, or how they look like literally the list goes on and it's endless. But when you feel triggered by some of that, 
that is, it's exactly what you're saying, Lisa. You, you have to look inward and realize it has nothing to do with what they are doing or not doing or how they're making choices in their life. Mm-hmm. If it's triggering you, then you then have that choice to continue consuming that kind of content that triggers you or not. Like right. you can actually just shut that down, mute the person, unfollow the person, mm-hmm. whatever. That is totally 100% your choice. And it can help you stay aligned with who the truths that you know about yourself. Yeah, Because it is, mm-hmm. it's very human nature. It's very natural that we're going to have that instinct to, um, to react to some of those yeah. things. And we can, we can control that yeah. like to an extent with what we consume right. in real life and on social media. Yeah. Growing up, my one of my best friend's moms used to always ask us, who owns the problem? Mm. And I'm writing that down. Yeah. <laughs> and you, you start thinking about, okay, if this person's really upset with the way that I'm living my life, they own the problem. Likewise, when I get triggered or frustrated or annoyed and I start judging someone else or evaluating their life... I own that problem. And so owning it yourself really helps you to allow other people to own it when they're maybe having opinions about you. Which brings me to another point that I really love to share is that we actually never, ever know exactly what someone is actually thinking. There you go. It's actually impossible to know. What I'm thinking, I filter when you ask your husband how you look in that dress, he mm-hmm. may tell you exactly what he's thinking. My he <laughs> might not, and that's great. And I'm not saying that any right. way is right or wrong. Someone might also think you're doing amazing, but tell you something different yep. because they're feeling insecure. Sure. You know, so we actually, it's actually impossible for us to even know what other people are thinking. And what I really want to point out is that most of the time when we are worrying about what other people are thinking, They've never said it to us. Mm. They've never spoken it out loud. Mm -hmm. They've never even told us. It is our imaginations running wild. As they do. Imagining what someone would say. And maybe it's because they've commented to us before about someone else who's done something similar. So we just assume that we know what they're going to think about us. And we just spend all this time thinking about what other people are going to think. It's and, exhausting just talking about right? it because it's true. We all do it. We it don't is. want and it's to. It's such an energy it is suck, such an right? Energy suck. And so yeah. like let's just reframe that we actually don't spend a lot of time worrying about what other people think anymore. Like we, let's just tell ourselves that. Let's just say, you know what? I used to care about what other people thought and now I just don't anymore. I just let them be wrong about me and I let them own their thoughts and feelings about me. And it's totally fine for them to think I'm great or not. I mean, I personally just decided like 10 years ago to assume that everybody likes me because there you go. Yeah. <laughs> because right? yeah. I used before that I would kind of like assume maybe they didn't and did I sure. hurt their feelings and let's spend a lot of time like dissecting what they could possibly be mm, thinking about me. So and it just doesn't serve them. It doesn't serve me. And so it serves me better to just assume that people are going to like me, but even if they don't, it's okay. And I just allow them to, you know, have those thoughts and feelings and just kind of like let that go. Mm. I had a story I want to share. Um, I had a story shared with me when I was in the thick of, in my career of teaching, I was teaching, teaching, teaching a lot in person classes and things like that. And it was shared with me that there was a teacher once who in the back of her class 
every single time she would teach, there was a woman in the very back who was always just, if you can picture this, her arms are folded. Mm. Her body language was just like shut down. And she was almost like, why the heck am I even here? And this teacher is worthless and I'm getting nothing out of this. And just kind of had that grump demeanor about Mm -hmm. her. And, um, after the last class of the last series of, you know, these classes, she went, that woman in the back of the classroom went up to that teacher and said, you will never ever be able to know the impact that you have had on my life. What you've done and what you've taught me and what I have gained from your classes has changed my life. Wow. So you can imagine the teacher's like, wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) I thought this whole time you hated hated me totally. that you wondered question why you spent money on this class or whatever and so when then that um that story was shared with me it made me like you said lisa it made me want to choose to believe mm-hmm. that anyone who was sitting in my classes regardless of their facial expressions for heaven's sake yes regardless of their body language regardless of any of that i chose to believe that they mm. all we're learning something. And I have chosen to believe that every time we record, I've chosen to believe that with everything I post on Instagram, I'm going to choose to believe the narrative that whoever needs to gain from this offering will gain. They will benefit in some way. And it's not about me and it's not about them. It's just the way that things get pieced together in this universe, in my opinion. I mean, what would change if we all, I love that. I had never like thought about exactly the way you articulated it. And I think Man, if you could take nothing else away from this episode, what if you walked away assuming everyone's going to like you and you're always invited? Hmm. There's Mm. always a place. Like, how would that change the energy we bring to interactions with people? Yeah. I mean, just assuming, assuming the best. And, and even once, you know, you may find out otherwise, someone may say to you like, Hey, I actually don't like you. But like you pointed out, that might not be their thought even. Right. You know what I mean? That's right. It can be running. So we can always assume people like us, even if they tell us that they don't. (laughs) Because we're delightful. Okay. We're delightful. And. But it doesn't really serve anyone to spend, I mean, and. And I and we're not trying to just be Pollyanna here, but it's like we're not. It just doesn't serve anyone to assume that like people don't like us and mm-hmm. we're doing it wrong and everyone's judging us because it's not serving them, it's not serving us, it's not serving the world. Again, how do you feel? Like if it doesn't make you feel good, let's examine a way to feel good. That feeling good feels like a great idea. <laughs> I think so too. Feels easier like I can actually. Done. It is easier, easier said, said than done. done. But did you not just learn some of the tools, guys, to be able to? How do you feel good? Well, one thing is making the choice to just. You just got to make that decision. Yeah. That what other people think is a not about you, and b completely out of your control. And c it's possible to assume that you are bright and shiny in everybody's yeah, and eyes, you, which is of course not the truth necessarily. Like how do you trick yourself? But you into, also don't no. know that it's not the truth. And that's, that's the true. thing is our human nature is to automatically go to self-deprecation. Like what if we just switched it up and said, what if, what if we started to train our human nature to be not self-deprecating, yeah. to be self-supporting? And the other thing what? is that like, okay, what, but how do we do that? Well, but the other thing too is that I, when I say I assume everyone likes me, I'm actually not like super focused on that either. Like mm-hmm. I'm not saying like, oh my gosh, she likes me and she likes me and she's <laughs> obsessed with me and like, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, whatever. I'm just not thinking about it as much either way. There you go. So I'm also not really like attaching to the positive praise or the negative because Ooh, it's that. so dangerous to attach 
to either side of the spectrum. So we have to release ourselves from the positive feedback and the negative feedback and get into our own feedback and decide Mm. who we want to be, how we want to show up, what we feel good about. And if you're religious, you know, you check in with God and you say, Mm -hmm. like, how are we doing? And is this something that's, you know, serving me and serving others? And then be at peace with that and, you know, not look for that outside validation as much anymore. There will always be a little bit of it. But when we can really center ourselves in our self-worth, it just becomes less necessary. Mm. And I and I will add, since you brought up God, I will go there for just a moment. Like, ask him how he feels about you. Mm. And also, it doesn't end there, guys. Give him the space to answer you. Don't just think he's going to tell you in that moment that you offered a prayer for example, or that you just screamed out in your car, what do you think about me? Like, give him the space, know Mm. that it could take a day, a week, a month, a year, it could take some time for him to help you feel the valuable, the, the, um, unsurmountable, unimaginable worth that you have in his eyes. Give him a minute because sometimes it's going to manifest and it might take a while. (laughs) Generally, I think it takes a while because it's a journey. Okay, I want to give you one tool, like one little tool. What about another one? Do it. Okay, so what if the change that we make, because I know it's hard and sometimes like I get worried when we talk about thought work kind of stuff on podcasts that it's just as simple as like tricking yourself into believing something different and we can really oversimplify it. But I also feel like sometimes that feels very untrue and can lead to other things. What if when we when we started to go to that place of like, oh my gosh, I think I messed up. I think I said something. Maybe I offended that person. If we just stop and we say, okay, that's my brain trying to protect me. And then you say to your brain, I appreciate you're here to protect me and I'm okay. And I don't, I don't need this feeling. This feeling's not serving me. I don't need this feeling. It's safe to go. And the more we start to even just have the self-awareness of where our brain goes, we actually put ourselves in a position to decide how we want to proceed mm. rather than just reacting. Well, mm. and that's half the battle is just being aware that you're doing it. And you may think, oh my gosh, now that I'm really realizing this, I do spend a lot of time worrying about what other people think. Oh. And another really fun practice is to think, to really identify when you say what people will think who are you talking about? You're not necessarily (laughs) talking about the whole world. There might be, if you really dig deep, you might really be able to identify like a certain person in your family, Mm -hmm. a certain neighbor, a certain friend, and just kind of like dig into that, you know, and Mm. see like, what is, why am I worried about what they think? How can I kind of let that go? And for me, it helps to even just identify that, there mm. are specific people. I'm not talking about the world at large. And, yeah. you know, because, of course, we're never going to be able to, you know, please all the people. But when we say, oh, my gosh, what are people going to think? It's like, okay, well, who are the people? <laughs> Who's your little team in your head that's for better or worse? That don't even know that you're thinking that about them that Somehow <laughs> you are, like, making up some story that they're going to judge you. Yeah. And let me just tell you, most people aren't thinking about you. They're yes. thinking about themselves. It's true. <laughs> Most of us are mostly worried about what's going on with ourselves, with our kids, with our families. Mm-hmm. And we, you know, aren't spending a whole lot of time judging other people. Well, and you said that earlier. You said um, to remember that we can never possibly understand what everyone else is thinking, what they're going totally. through. Guys, if we, if we had... If we walked a mile in anyone else's shoes, honestly, or spent 10 minutes in that person's mind or in their heart, 
this is why we we need to have grace and forgiveness and just patience with other people. You might be put off or offended or hurt by other people's actions and you just truly, truly don't know what they are going through just as much as they don't know what you're going through. Mm -hmm. That alone brings me comfort. That alone makes me want to just step off the judgment wagon Mm -hmm. and just jump off big time and never get back on again because it's true. Totally. No one can understand what I'm going through. I can't understand what you're going through. And we we're all just doing our best. Even if it doesn't look like people are showing up in their very best way, I really believe that people are doing their best. And so we can't make assumptions and we certainly can't assume that they're thinking about us. Yeah. That is a little bit of a self-centered thought, which, oh, hello, my hand is up. Isn't that so funny? We We think that that. we're like, you know, kind of just self-deprecating like, oh, they're going to think this or that. But really it is putting a lot on other people. Like they're really thinking about me that much. (laughs) Like, sorry, they aren't. And the other thing is that I just, coming back to the creativity and, you know, following maybe an passion or a dream or something that you want to do, I will say that a majority of what I feel stops women is what are people going to think if I follow this, if I try this, if I go out on a limb, if I do something differently than maybe my family did or my friends and really come back to all of these points that we've talked about today and realize that we can't spend this time worrying about what other people think do not let it rob you of your dreams. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Do not let it take precious experiences from you and really living into who God wants you to be and who you really are because of what someone might possibly think. Right. Oh, I love that so much. And I want to also emphasize that it doesn't have to, don't get lost in the bigness of what Lisa just said either, because that feels so big, the dreams and And, you know, kind of reaching for those things that we want. And just remember the little stuff too. Like don't, don't prevent yourself from taking that next little step. Don't stop yourself from wanting to letter for a pop-up shop for three days for any reasons, especially thoughts of what other people might think of it. Or train for a triathlon or anything that you're like, people are going to think, well, she's not athletic. And why does she want to try that? And Mm -hmm. that's going to take a little bit of time away from her kids. And no. We're done. We're done with that. We are following what we feel interested in. And you don't even have to feel like God's calling you to it. There it you can go. be something that you just want to do. There you go. It goes back oh. to that curiosity, right? Like yes. just be curious. And it reminds me of, I, I've said it a bunch of times in the podcast, which means it's probably important. My favorite quote from Brendan Burchard that says, people are not afraid to start their dreams. They're just afraid to be seen starting small. Yes. You feel and that, that's Holly the says, truth. Right? Like, totally. It, starting small or starting at all is a very vulnerable place to be. Mm-hmm. And but, we're okay. let, but we're letting that go. We're just going to start and we're going to do it imperfectly and we're going to make mistakes and we're not always going to be good at it, but we can enjoy things that we're not good at and we can just kind of let some of that pressure go. Like I don't only do things I'm really good at. <laughs> mm-hmm. I like to dance in the kitchen with my kids. I like to go for walks. I like to eat food. I don't sit there and think, I don't know if I'm good at eating. I don't know if like other people would be impressed with like I'm how I foodie. eat this. Yeah, yeah. Or how I go for a walk. I'm not sure if I have the right form, mm. but that's what we do when we think about other mm-hmm. like ventures that we might want to try. We're like, Oh, am I good at it? Is it come naturally to me? Do you enjoy it? That's it. That's it. Well, oh. Also, can we have the expectation that starting out, like you're going to be flash, You're going to suck at it. Yeah. And guess how you get past that? How bad? Back to our favorite Jody Moore. Like, 
Give yourself permission to do something miserably not well. Aim for the B minus. Aim for the aim for an F. Aim for a D. <laughs> yes. Like aim yeah. expect that it's going to be messy and like mm. with lettering. I always say like you're going to have the shaky strokes. Like that's just you're doing it right. You have to build up the muscle memory. But even if you always had shaky strokes, you could still enjoy putting your pen to paper. So mm-hmm. I'm not even going to say do it and then you'll get better and you'll be amazing. No, do it. And even if you're always bad at it, if you enjoy it, like I'm still not a great dancer, but I still am going to have those dance parties in the kitchen with my kids That's because it. it's the experience of having fun and creating and just following what you enjoy. And it's being present yes. in all of it. Yes. That is what feels good. You guys is the feeling of courageously moving forward, even however incrementally small, that is what feels amazing. Mm-hmm. It's not even the thing or the success or the quantifiable data. It's the like, I did it. Like I did this. I'm making myself a priority. One of my favorite ways that you have rounded out your thoughts, Lisa, is the words that you said, we're gonna, you just said that you mm-hmm. were like, the, that was like the perfect ending to this conversation is guys, we're gonna do this and mm-hmm. we're gonna do that. It's, I feel like we're on the same team. We are in this community. Like we're all doing our best to cultivate the life that we want. And I love the we're gonna, we're meaning totally. we, yeah. we, cause yep. we're in this together yeah. and we're gonna, we are going to take action. That is what, that is what I'm feeling in your message. I want to make sure that people know where to find you, where to connect with you. Yeah. So I'm on Instagram at handlettered design, also Facebook and uh, handletteredesign.com. Also your podcast. Yeah. Podcast is committed to create. Yeah. And definitely check that out. Listen, even if you just start with episode one, you will be captivated by Lisa's story and you won't want to stop listening. Mm. It's so good. We're so grateful for your message and for your willingness to share. You know how we feel about you. The bond is there. And friends, we are so grateful that you carved out the time to listen and always that you're joining us in this continued conversation about cultivating a good life. Nothing we have said is more important than the specific things you have felt that are personal for you. We invite you to write down those promptings and most importantly, act on them. We love you. We're certainly cheering you on and we look forward to being with you next week. Bye-bye. Bye guys. Bye. everybody welcome to wow how do we start this what what do i say say hey welcome to the jungle <laughs> do that